Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick. With Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor. Uh, I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Um, the floor plan for tonight's episode is we are going to blast through the available wings in the draft um, for the Heat at 20. Uh, we recognize that there is absolutely the possibility that the team could trade back or trade out of this pick, but we want to uh, approach with due diligence and at least go through the prospects that may be available at 20 for Miami um, or even a bit later in the event that they did trade a bit back. Uh, so I'm joined by Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket and um, Adam Bore at, and I hope I pronounced the last name correctly, at um, Clutch. Give, give, give us your handle, Adam. You're better at this than me. I'm not Ethan on this hosting thing. Clutch NBA 5R. My last name is Barai, but Ethan has said it incorrectly at least 100 times this week. <laughs> there you go. See, I'm conditioned. I was conditioned by Ethan to say it incorrectly. So we're going to blast through these prospects, give you a little bit of background on all these guys, and, uh, and maybe even delve into a little bit of the viability of uh, the team trading back and what the implications of that may look like going forward. So uh, with no further ado, let's just dive right in here because we're actually going to start out with a name that I think if we uh, canvassed the draft or the player that I would like them to take most, this guy would probably be near the top of the list. And that's Aaron Naismith, uh, a sophomore out of Vanderbilt. Uh, he is widely regarded as the best shooter in the draft, uh, worked out for Miami uh, privately. And uh, Alex, I know that this is a guy that you have looked at um, as a player that you're interested in it as well. What are your key takeaways with Aaron Naismith? Well, obviously, like you said, the shooting comes first, right? Like the guy – shot a ridiculously high three-point percentage from like eight attempts a game, I want to say, which is just, you know, there's no, other, <laughs> there's no other telling sign that, okay, this guy has an elite NBA skill than being able to shoot whatever it was, around 40% from three, around eight attempts a game. Like, I think that's pretty unbelievable to have right out of the gate. Then you talk about his size. I want to say he's like 6'6", 215. He's about, I mean, he's a shooting guard, and I think he will be just a hand-in-glove fit if there ever were one for the Heat. I mean, and there's a few of them in this draft for sure. We're going to go over some other ones tonight. But I feel like Naismith is a guy where he fits all the holes when you're talking about somebody who would fit with the Heat right away. When you're talking about being a two-way guy, he is that. And he is a better shooter than defender. But I, I do really like what I see from his defense. And I think because of that, it's like you can have another guy who has a Duncan Robinson package in the sense of off movement shooting, because that is his skill as well. He's really, really good at that. He's not a standstill shooter. You can use him in all types of sets. And we know what Spo can do with guys like that. And, you know, just a side point here, if you were to be able to get a guy like Naismith, that would probably make Duncan Robinson slightly more expendable. And, you know, not to look at it from that angle, but at the end of the day, 
having the, that type of shooting core around this team, I think, especially when you're talking about a two-way player like him, I think it's really an amazing fit. And, you know, if you're trying to land Giannis next summer, having another guy like that who's just an elite shooter to add to everything else you've got, like, I think it's a really appealing pick. And he's definitely, like you said, in my top three guys as far as from this whole draft that I think would be great with the you mentioned the elite shooting. He brings one elite skill. And I know that Miami, when they were scouting Duncan Robinson, which is something I tracked uh, a ton as that was going down, that was the thing that jumped out at them. They felt like that he had the one skill they could mold. And this guy would bring a little bit. Actually, he's probably further developed than Duncan was at the same time. Um, Adam, from your perspective, um, kind of not as much about what he would make if he would make Duncan Robinson expendable. Do you think that if they were to go in the direction of a, of a player like Nesmith with his skill set, would that um, have any implications on pursuing a guy like Wes Matthews? Uh, I, I think it would in the sense that Wes Matthews brings a lot to the table that, that Aaron Nesmith does, or you would hope that he does. Um, but the thing is with Aaron Nesmith, with a selection like him, He's a guy that any team would want in the NBA, not just the Miami Heat. So right off the bat, you know he has that skill set that other teams want. Uh, so he's already an attractive asset if you were to trade him, which uh, I don't know. It sounds like they might, they might do. Uh, so it sounds like what you want to do is you want to draft a guy who you can mold, but at the same time is attractive to other teams if you wanted to move off from him. Makes total sense. And, and really all indications are that we, we continue to hear uh, Adam, Ethan, and I all have kind of gotten a resounding yes when we've asked about uh, the trade back scenarios. There's a lot of them in play. I don't know that we'll necessarily unpack every finite detail of those, but there is absolutely the possibility that the team would trade back and maybe gain a second round pick or potentially even pick up a pick in a future draft that will, um, you know, uh, allow them some flexibility going forward in, in some of the years where they maybe have lean picks. But uh, kind of shelving the trade talk stuff and sticking focus to the draft, the next guy that we're going to touch base on is a player that I think Heat fans have indicated as a Miami Heat fit, maybe more than any other wing on the list, and that's uh, Desmond Bain, a senior out of TCU. Uh, this is a guy that um, he kind of is built like a two-guard, but because of his physique – can can really guard multiple positions. Um, he has range, great catch and shoot player. Uh, he kind of plays below the rim, so that that's you know definitely something to think about. Uh, but he's polished, has high IQ, hustles. Um, you know, I, I I was watching highlights because to be really transparent, a lot of this I did via YouTube, catching up on these guys, and I saw him kind of steal the ball by just like housing it from guys like Jimmy does, like just taking the ball right out of their hands. So he's um. He's a, he's a grit, uh, tough player. I'm really interested in him. I mean, I, I kind of see different shades of Malcolm Brogdon, maybe Eric Gordon when we're, when we're talking about player comps. Um, Alex, I'll go to you first here. What, Desmond Bain, is he a Miami Heat player? Oh, there's no doubt about it. This is the other guy I was kind of referring to when, when talking about Neesmith as far as being one of the best fits for the Heat in this draft. And I completely agree with you. I think this guy, when you just – first of all, look at his build. This dude – is beefy he can guard <laughs> I think he's going to be able to guard twos and threes in the league maybe not every single one maybe not the LeBrons of the world but I really like the way he's built already I really like the skill set that he has that he's a really good shooter uh, he can do some stuff with the ball as a secondary ball handler 
is a good defender, like I mentioned. And he's just a smart player in general, a very tough player, like you said. I think he is a pretty awesome fit as well. I think he's got a year on, on Naismith, so there's, that's the, the one difference. But And the other difference between the two is that uh, whereas Naismith is more of a, a movement you know, shooter, and that's really the role that he, that he has on offense, I think Bain could do a little bit more with the ball in his hands, and maybe he's not as good of a movement shooter, but a, a very good shooter regardless. I think this is another guy who will be an awesome fit with the Heat right away. And probably you're talking about, like, guys who can come in and help right away. You know, we mentioned in another pause, there might not be a lot of space for him in, in the rotation. But if you're looking at guys who can do that, Bain might be number one as far as guys in that range. You, you touched on something about guys being ready to contribute immediately. And, um, a Adam, do you think that, that Miami is going to prioritize that? Or is this a situation where if a prospect is there that they know kind of maybe around the league has a lure that is a, more of a project, do you think that they would go in that direction thinking about it as an asset as well as a player? Or are they locked in on finding a guy that can contribute early? Uh, I think that's a bit of a loaded question because uh, – the way you want to approach it is if you're taking a guy at 20, you want the guy who's going to best help your team. But if you're trading back, I think you, you want to take more of a polished player and guy team. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to hint at anything or, but I do think at 20 Desmond Bain does make a lot of sense. But I don't think for this team because you have you already have Kendrick Nunn, you have Goron who are already subpar defenders, you have Tyler Hero. You're just leaving room for more error, or you're not leaving any room for any mistakes on the defensive end. Uh, so you don't know if this guy is going to pan out defensively like you would hope. Uh, I don't want to make that comparison, but he has really really short arms, so you don't know how he's going to play on defense. Uh, to start out, I think he'll guard more point guards in the beginning. Uh, but I don't know. It seems like a, a risky move. And I would want more of an Aaron Neesmith type of pick rather than Desmond Bain. It's, it's interesting you say that um, because, you, you know, like some of the other guys that are on this list maybe aren't as um, experienced college players. But you, you see that they bring one clearly defined skill that, that really jumps off the page. The, the next guy is a little bit younger, and he does um, some of the similar stuff that, that Aaron Naismith does from a shooting perspective. And, and we've seen him kind of all over the board from a mock draft perspective, and that's uh, Sadiq Bey, a um, wing out of Villanova, 6'8", with a 6'10 wingspan. We know Miami loves guys with long wingspans, 45% uh, three-point shooter on five attempts, so he brings that to the table. I mean, as I was, uh, you know, exploring player comps, I saw Jay Crowder, I saw Tobias Harris, I saw Dem Damari Carroll mentioned, so he's kind of cut from that cloth with that offensive skill set, with that motor, uh, defensive versatility. Uh, I'll switch up the order here and go straight back to you, Adam. Uh, Sadiq Bey from Villanova. What do you? What have you seen of him? And do you think that it's even realistic that he makes it to twenty? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be there at twenty. Uh, he's my favorite player that the Heat could potentially draft. I just like that he has a lot of defensive versatility. He can move his feet really well, and he's a sniper. He's one of the best shooters in this draft. And while he might have a a limited ceiling. Uh, he perfect. He fits exactly what this Heat team needs. 
Uh, I really, really like Sadiq Bey, and if they have the ability to grab him, they shouldn't even think about trading back. They should just get him. Wow. That says a lot because I know that we've been kind of uh, exploring so many avenues from a trade back perspective. So if, if you're heading in that direction, that, that's a clutch call I, out right there. I would trade up for him. Oh, wow. I would trade up for him. I like it. Yeah. Um, Alex, anything to add on Sadiq Bey? I know that that's another guy that maybe we haven't focused in on because we've thought he's going to go so much higher, but I did want to give you the opportunity to kind of unpack anything you've seen from him. Yeah, I mean, honestly, everything that Adam said is true. Like, I really do like his game a lot. He, another guy just would be an awesome fit with the Heat. Like, great shooter, can do some stuff with the ball in his hands, is very long, and is definitely uh, a lot further ahead as a defender and defensive versatility than Desmond Bain or Aaron uh, Neesmith, even though, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I like what they can do on defense. But this guy is just further ahead, and it doesn't look like he's going to be there for them at all. Like, you know, just watching him, like this guy has all the signs of somebody who I think will, you know, a team is going to get some value out of that pick depending on how late he goes. Like I, I think this is a guy who typically will move up later, you know, as with the draft coming up. Like I just don't see why he's not in the top 10 at this point. Like, you, you know, we ended up deciding pre-show to not go over Patrick Williams because of just how much he's risen up the draft and, and you know, uh, mock drafts. And like, I don't get why he has and Sadiq Bey has. And, like, I'm higher on Sadiq Bey or I'm just as high on him as I am on, like, Patrick Williams. Like, I think this guy is really good. And if, so if a team is willing to take Patrick Williams top seven, I don't see why Bey isn't right there. So, again, I'm, I'm right there with you, Adam. Like, I think if he's there, no doubt you take him. I wouldn't mind if they traded up for him, frankly. I think this guy's a really good prospect for sure. Yeah, it's a situation where I think that there are going to be some surprises where guys that maybe we didn't expect to fall could be there. And it could be a scenario where, um, I mean, obviously it's different context, but the way that Karan Butler slid or Justice Winslow slid, you could see a guy that maybe you didn't expect to be there at 20 uh, sneak up. And, and that would definitely be a name that I think would um, get – uh, Heat fans excited once they checked in on him because I don't know that necessarily Heat fans have been judging these draft picks uh, for more than the couple weeks that we've been honed in on it. Uh, the, the next guy is not necessarily as polished from the, the homework that I did, and that is uh, a wing out of Louisville, Jordan, and I'm going to probably butcher his last name, but I believe it's Nora. Nora? Nora. Nora. Thank you. Jordan <laughs> Nora. Um, That's why we uh, needed Adam here. And this is true, just to get the pronunciations down. I'm usually good at that stuff uh, with my uh, with as many times as people have butchered Leif and Sylvander, but obviously tonight I'm not on my A game. So uh, Jordan Nora, hopefully I did that right, is a 6'7 wing with a 6'10 wingspan, 235 pounds. He averaged 18 and almost eight rebounds a game at Louisville, was a 40% three-point shooter on six attempts. So, I mean, he brings some of the uh, defensive potential from a length perspective, shooting, um, good rebounder, he has NBA range. Uh, some of the things that I found uh, were interesting was of all D1 players, he was the worst in finishing at the rim. So that, that was concerning to me and jumped off the page. Um, is there anything that, uh, that you guys saw? I mean, another thing that, that I immediately made me feel like he maybe wasn't a Heat guy is there was some reluctancy to say that he would be able to survive switches on, from a defensive perspective. Uh, I guess I'll go to Alex here on this one. Um, what have you seen from, from this wing out of Louisville? Well, the guy 
just launches, right? Like, I think that's the one thing we know for sure about him is that the dude is willing to shoot. And I feel like every single guy we've talked about so far has been a has been a shooter in some way or another. And this guy is just another one. Like, I think, like you said, in six attempts a game. And, like, if anybody has actually watched him play and the way that he shoots, the dude is uber confident. Like, he is out there just launching and will take all types of difficult shots. Like, I think this guy's got a lot of potential as a shooter. But the things that you mentioned are why I think he's going to end up being kind of like a career rotational guy. And I'm not one to try to, you know, put players in a box before they're even drafted. I'm definitely not a draft guy like that. But I think that's something that pops out with him because of his lack of being able to do stuff with the ball. Like, you know, he's got he's got about an average ball handle and, you know, he can kind of do the, the, the sidestep threes and things like that. So I think he's got potential as a skilled shooter who can be a, a solid NBA defender. But when you're talking about a guy who is that good of a shooter and has that many ways that he can get it up and be comfortable getting it up like I think that's why he, he might end up getting taken in the first round or if not as an early second like I think he could definitely help a team right away you know you're talking about uh good teams right teams that may not have that many avenues to improve their team or get cheap shooters I think this is a guy like that you know maybe a team like the Bucks. I don't, I don't know what their draft capital is but now with the lack of depth that they have they could definitely use a Jordan Wara. <laughs> I don't know that they have a draft pick in the next half decade, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another podcast. Um, let, let's slide right into the next guy here. Um, and that is now th this is a player that I, I know that there has been a small faction of heat Twitter specifically that has pounded the table a bit for him. And that is Josh green. Who's a freshman out of Arizona. Um, he's drawn comparisons to everyone from Wes Matthews to Danny Green. I've even seen Mikhail Petrus kind of noted. Um, he's a 6'6 wing out of Arizona, but um, I feel like he may be a player that's more um, about potential. But truthfully, I didn't watch him enough to necessarily know. Uh, Adam, did you get the chance to, to watch any of Josh Green at Arizona? Yeah, a little bit. The thing that stood out to me for me is uh... – He's a lot like Danny Green. He he plays a lot like him off the ball. But the difference between him and Danny Green is he actually drives and he likes to attack the rim. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's one big difference that the Heat would like because we have a lot of guys that stand in the corner and, and thrive behind the three-point line. Uh, and just adding somebody with size that can jump into the lane and, and make a good – he's also an underrated passer. Uh, he's a good passer in the paint, and something like that is really underrated from a guard uh, to be able to do. So uh, that's what really stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, Josh Green to me is a guy who is one of the most impressive defenders in this draft, probably the best defender around this range for the Heat. Like, I, I'm really impressed with what he can do and the amount of guys that I think he'll be able to guard right away in the league. This is another guy who I think could help out a good team right away, including the Heat. And Again, I feel like I, I'm saying this all the time. I don't know if the uh, rookie's going to be able to play that much next season. They'll probably get some playing time, maybe not a secured, consistent rotation spot. And regardless, I think Josh Keane would be a pretty great uh, pick. He's not my favorite, but at the end of the day, the guy is a good enough spot-up shooter. He is an awesome defender. I think he's going to be able to guard three positions, maybe more, right out of the gate. And like you guys have been mentioning, you know, being able to actually get to the rim, I really like that that knack that he has for I think he's a smart player in general and no doubt I mean if, if they can kind of I think Josh Green would be the defense pick for sure whereas like you've got some other shooters in the draft but the, he could actually use that a lot like <laughs> another guy who can guard you know guards wings like, I think he is probably a pretty great option for this team 
of all the wings we're talking about, when we talk about something that the Heat uh, are looking at to kind of plug a hole, that point of attack defense, if there was ever a wing that could bring some of that, I think that this is definitely a guy that would be in that category. Because as you said, there there is, uh, you know, most scouts think he can defend three positions. And um, he, he only shot 36% on a shade under three attempts. But the last 10 games of the year, that spiked all the way to 47% on three attempts. So he started to kind of become a better shooter as the season went on. So, I, I mean, as a freshman, obviously, you can still mold these guys. Um, so I think that that'll be um, an option that, that, that Heat fans would like. Um, but I don't. Personally, just from everything that I've done from background and re- recon, I-, I don't necessarily know that that's a direction Miami's going to go. Uh, let- let's slide right right to this next guy who's a wing. But, you know, like I almost contemplated putting this guy with the bigs because he's been pigeonholed as almost like a small ball four, and that's Tyler Bay out of Colorado. Um, he's 6'7 with a 7'1 wingspan. So, again, that's another Miami Heat trait. Um, didn't shoot a ton of threes, only 31 attempts all season, but shot 42% on those 31 attempts. Uh, but he's, he's absolutely kind of more of a around-the-basket player, brings a ton of defensive versatility. Um, I, I don't know that he just is necessarily brings enough polish immediately and is what Miami is looking for. You know, kind of that small ball four isn't necessarily the, the most pressing need. Uh, Alex, what, what have you seen from Tyler Bay, if anything? And do you think that he's a player that Miami would target? I haven't seen him too much. And honestly, I, from what I have seen, I don't really see the fit. Like, I think he's definitely an interesting prospect for sure. Like, when you watch him play, he's obviously, you know, very long, very athletic. But, you know, the fact that most of his offense comes from, you know, being inside the paint, whether it's uh, lobs or putbacks or anything like that. Like, it's really, you know, it's good. It's exciting. But, uh it really sounds like you're talking about Derrick Jones Jr. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what's scaring me a little bit. And look, man, you know me. I've been, I've been defending Derrick on this podcast for the past year. Like, I, I like Derrick. I wouldn't mind if they brought him back. But I just think, like, uh, when you have this type of pick, you could go for other guys who I think are better fits. I don't really know what his fit is on offense. I think the defense, he's obviously really impressive. Like, I think he's going to be able to guard multiple guys. Like you said, he's got a lot of versatility and – I think he's probably going to be a four right out the gate. But uh, besides the rebounding, the athleticism, I, I, like, I think he's a good prospect. I don't think that that's the way the Heat should go. I tend to agree. Um, Adam, did you, did you watch anything from Tyler Bay that would, you, that would make you think that Miami would lean in that direction? Or is this a name that we probably shouldn't even have covered on this podcast? No, I mean, I, I personally, I, I think of him a lot like uh, P.J. Washington from last year. And we know that the Heat had a lot of interest in P.J. Washington. Uh, Tyler Bay, just from watching him, he's a really strong dude. And uh, he likes to play with his back to the basket. And he's a very good passer with his back to the basket. When he knows that he's in trouble and that he can't get a shot off, he's a really good passer and he can identify those situations. So um, for a team like the Heat who really like to pass the rock and they can, they like the, mo- the motion, the mo- movement offense – uh, Tyler Bay could be a sneaky pick uh, because of his strength and his ability to pass. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that? The Knicks are no good? Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. 
So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast. And just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. So we're kind of rounding out the list here. We went rapid fire in comparison to anybody who checked out the guards episode where we went for 66 minutes and unpacked all the guard prospects. But the the last guy on the list before we kind of – back clean up and go through anybody that we may have missed because I definitely want to do us a rapid fire there. Uh, This is probably who I would consider to be one of the most intriguing wing prospects, but probably the rawest, biggest project of all wing prospects. And that's Jaden McDaniels. Um, This is a guy that, um, and he's out of Washington. Um, Immediately when I saw a player comp of Darrell Wright, it made me think back to, um, that draft and how we all kind of thought Miami was leaning in the direction of a polished player and they went with that project. Um, as I started to investigate more and I saw player comps like Brandon Ingram and Andrew Wiggins, Richard Lewis, I can see where that would be particularly enticing in today's league to get a wing that brings some of that. I mean, he's, he's real thin at, at 200 pounds on 6'10", shot 34% from three. He's got scoring potential. He's a good ball handler. The length, the athleticism, all the, the measurables of a player that's going to pan out, but he's not ready now. I mean, like, I think that this would be a guy that would have to probably spend time in the G League to start out. Um, and I'm wondering, only because I have not watched a ton of him live, if you guys disagree and have seen more of him or maybe have seen flashes that would indicate that he is further along than maybe I'm alluding to so far. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I think I agree with you that he is probably the most raw wing that we're talking about here, one of the most raw prospects in the Heat's range. I think that the guy has some stuff. Like, he's raw in the sense that he's not ready to contribute for a winning team right away, but his skill set is he, he's got something to him. Like, I watch him play, and I see a little bit of the ball handling stuff there. Like you said, he's able to kind of shake guys off the dribble. He doesn't have – you know, he's not the greatest decision maker. That's not what he is. That's not what his game is. He's a wing player who can kind of do a little bit of everything. But he, does, not that, he doesn't play like a Swiss Army Knife type of guy. I think he's just a, a really athletic project guy who's got some stuff that I think you can build off, whether it's the three-pointer the three pointer getting better, as you said, around 34% on four attempts a game, the fact that he can kind of do stuff with the ball and get to the rim. I don't think he has anything that he's elite at, but I think this is honestly a really interesting pick if the Heat were to make it because, uh, like, he would probably go straight to Sioux Falls with Casey Akpala and just be a, the deadly wing combo over there with those two guys. I, I think he could contribute in a couple of years, but uh, this is not somebody who I think would play a lot for the Heat next season, bearing, you know, barring any injuries. 
I love that you brought up KZ. I'm going to go straight to Adam on this because we feel like we already have this developmental raw wing prospect in KZ Akpala. I'm interested to get your perspective on how you feel the organization views the development so far of KZ Akpala. Um, and then also just how viable it would be to bring in a guy like Jaden McDaniels who would project to be a, a project as well. Yeah, so the thing about Jaden McDaniels is coming into Washington, he was viewed as a shooter. And then as soon as uh, they saw that he wasn't shooting well from three and that he wasn't a great free throw shooter, scouts really were turned off by him um, because he wasn't having a good shooting season. Uh, and he's a little bit of a selfish player. But if I'm going to be honest, he's probably my second favorite player behind Sadiq in this draft. Wow. Because I usually, I usually like the really high upside guys that can become superstars, right? Like, I mean, it might take a few years, but I really like these lengthy guys that can shoot. Every year, if they're available, I always tell the I like, I don't tell them, but I, but I, I make the suggestion that they should draft someone like that. Um, but the only thing holding me back is the fact that they already have Casey Akpala. They think really highly of him. And if he's going to be uh, in the rotation, whether it's just taking DJJ's minutes or having a bigger role, I just don't see Jaden McDaniels fitting with this team. If the Heat weren't contending, Jaden McDaniels is the pick. Uh, I really like him. That's like that's how much I like him. I like how you put it. Yeah, but since they're contending, I don't think he's the right pick. Yeah, no, and so I guess something also to consider is if KZ had to be added to a deal as a sweetener, um, I, it's an interesting thing to think about would – would Jaden McDaniels at 20 be more valuable or Casey Akpala? Um, I, I tend to think Jaden McDaniels maybe just because nobody saw Casey. He's kind of been hiding um, the in Achilles the basement injury. for a year. Uh, yeah, um, exactly, in the, in the injury. But it's, it's interesting that they have two guys that are so similar in that way. Well, we, we've wrapped up all the wing prospects. We blasted through this. I do have a name that I want to um, at least uh, approach with due diligence enough to mention on this podcast, and that's Tyshawn Alexander. I think maybe some people consider this guy a guard. He is um, a player out of Creighton, uh, 3 and D. Uh, he's smaller, but I think he's going to be able to play some at the wing. Um, I don't know much about him, but I'm going to be really honest with you guys. In the last couple of days, some guys that I respect that are close to this draft stuff, um, and one actually is an NBA scout, uh, said, you, you got to go take a look at Tyshawn Alexander. So I'm, I'm saying his name on this podcast so that in the event that the Heat take him, we Cover can say at least we covered our bases on him. Um, is there anybody either speak on Tyshawn Alexander if you know anything about him or if you have a name that we have not covered, I'd love to uh, just go around the room here. And if uh, you got it, this is your closing shot. So one that just came up right now when I was trying to think of if there's anybody else that we would talk about. And I'm not really sure about where this guy's range is. I feel like I've seen him all over the place on mock drafts, and it tends to happen with foreign guys. But I want to talk about the seven-footer, Alexej Pokusevsky. And I believe I pronounced that right. I think his nickname is Poku. That's already it. It's, that's already a sign that he's going to be a longtime player with, with a name like that, a nickname like that. But uh, the guy has been apparently described as a seven-foot wing. Like, if you look at him, he looks like a center. But it, he doesn't have the build of a center frame-wise at all. He's, he's very much lean and I think would be a four in the NBA. But the guy is very tantalizing. I don't know how much – I don't know what you guys think of him. I feel like 
there, you've definitely heard of him because he, he's he's in the lottery in some of these uh, mock drafts, and he, he's in the first round in a lot of them. But he's basically like he's got a lot of playmaking potential, and I, I think the guy doesn't play like a big; he plays like a wing, and would just be like an oversized four who could do a lot of things for a team on the floor. And I think that's why uh, some of these mocks have him going higher than than others. Like I think for for a worse team who doesn't need somebody to come in and and uh, be really good right away, I think he would be a pretty interesting pick. And who knows? He might be in the Heat's range. But like you watch this guy play, and there's he's got game. He's not a he's not a foreign big in the sense that you know the the, the stereotypical foreign big who needs a lot of work. No, he's he he's got some game to him uh, for for sure. And I want to know what you guys think of him. Yeah, um, I I think I talked to you about this, Alex. I I see him as the Serbian Kelly Olynyk. Um, and to me, that's not a compliment. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if I have to eat my words and he becomes the next Kristaps Porzingis, then so be it. But that's just how I view him. He's really, he's really skinny. He's going to get beat up a lot. Uh, he seems like one of those guys who a team will put him at the five, but then realize he's actually a three and then yeah, realize he's, not a five. He's, he's too slow to cover threes. And then he's like, you know, that's why the, I landed on four. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of yeah. did some of that math in my head. I think he's kind of interesting, but like, man, the guy has so much shake to his game. Like he knows what to do out there as a ball handler. It's so interesting. Yeah. Like this is one of these weird unicorn prospects for sure. He's Serbian Kelly. I'm telling you. It, it's, in, it's enticing. But when I, when we started this process and I started to compile names and I reached out to a few heads that I know, uh, and I said, so what do you think of this kid? Um, one person told me he would be like a great pick, but kind of from the Jaden McDaniels cloth of being a, like a complete project. Another person said, well, maybe that's a guy you stash overseas so that you don't have to pay him for a couple years. And I just, since the Sasha Danilovich days, I don't know that we're going to see. And there, there was another prospect and, and his name is completely escaping me. Martin Murasep. Uh, I'm taking you guys way back and showing my age. Riley has been not um, too much on the international draft scene since then, and so I wouldn't expect that to happen now. But I will say this. If a team fell in love with him as a prospect, a trade up to 20 could be a viable spot if he were to fall that far uh, where maybe that could be a possibility. Um, so other than him, is there anybody else that we have not touched on so far? Uh, Adam, you're shaking your head. Yeah, uh, I know for a fact that the Heat have checked in on Elijah Hughes uh, from Syracuse. He's a four, I think he's a four-year guy. Uh, he's a big ISO guy. He averaged, I don't know, like 20, 20 points a game with Syracuse. Uh, he's a good shooter. He's six seven, I believe. He's, uh, he's long, um, but he's more of a me-first guy. Uh, that's the only thing I would say about him, but if the Heat had a second-round pick somewhere in the 45 range. I could see that being a, a viable pick. Elijah Hughes. It's really interesting, and it's mentioned. It's interesting that you say me first because I heard that from a from a pure basketball perspective, one of the Heat's favorite prospects in this entire draft is Jamias Ramsey, but it's kind of his 
me first stuff that's that's turning them off and they're they're really really hesitant to go down the road of a Dion Waiters-esque player um and it's just it'll be interesting to see how they balance that because you would hope the culture can pay off in certain ways but you also want to steer clear of any issues um so it'll be interesting to see how they balance a player that maybe doesn't fit the ball movement stuff they want to get to but has a skill set that's superior to maybe other guys um, well, that, that is all of our players that we've gone through as, for the wings. Obviously, we feel like this is trade season, and they'll probably trade back. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to close with a, with a quick one here to Adam. Um, percentage chance Miami takes and keeps a player at pick 20? Keeps for how long? Keeps for, um, for next season. Let's just give you – we'll go full season. <laughs> okay. All right. I'd say 30%. But if it was longer than next season, it would be like 10%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that, that means that everything we just said on this podcast may be irrelevant, but you will be ready for the draft when it comes to wings. Thanks for joining us. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.